Hey, 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 hey. Hey guys, this is Ivy Cachero and you are definitely tuned in into Truth Republic Sessions. I must say, I am extremely excited for this episode. Why? Why am I excited? So, um, in this week's episode, I have a special guest. Um, I figured this would be my episode one. My episode one reason being, this is a very personal topic for me. And I was glad that whoever I have on set today actually suggested this. So I was, I'm, I'm more excited about the topic. I don't know. It's just, it's, it's something special. And so um, just to give a background of whoever I have, my special friend, um, if you're, if you're actually tuning to this podcast for the first time, never listen to any of my content. If you know anything about me, I'm not a genius, I'm not a guru in anything that I talk about, but you know that I love to share, and therefore, it's the reason why we're here. Um, I like having authentic, uh, practical conversations that are centered around Christianity and matters life, um, and just how to be able to live a holistic life. And today, I'm having a special guest uh, by the name Nita, Nita Hungu, who is a community builder and a fo- uh, founder at Binti, which is a multicultural movement that seeks to disciple, encourage, empower, and uplift women through the gospel's truth and the power of the Holy Spirit, which is all what we are about here at Truth Republic. And she's also a researcher, having, an, having authored scholarly work in the field of leadership, Um, She basically uses her background in psychology, music, leadership studies, and her lived experience to just inspire women to live authentically from the inside out. Basically, originally Kenyan, she has her husband and and their daughter currently uh, in their home here in Dubai. So basically, we're from the same hometown and we're living together here in Dubai we actually go to the same church, and the reason we connected is because of Fellowship of the Emirates. So, over to you, man. Like, tell us a little about. I think I've summarized, <laughs> but what do you think I've, I've I've not mentioned about you that is on on, on the profile? Um, I think I think you've actually mentioned everything. I am passionate about women, and I'm passionate about um, women taking their rightful place in society and yeah. the God-given rightful place in society, and that. Sounds and looks different for every culture, but yeah. I think from where I come from, I believe that women can actually take roles of leadership and lead with such grace and such beauty and such strength yeah. that yeah. changes systems and changes, um, you know, all all the stuff that we see around in the world, which so is yeah. predominantly culture. Yes. Yeah. So, guys, the reason why I mean. Um, I like the fact that we're both passionate about the same, uh, the same concept around women and, and, and women being able to take up space and women being able to be inspired, empowered, and also just being, you know, f- from, a, from a truthful, respectful um, gospel perspective that it's not, um, you know, how do I want to put it, that we can be able to have this discussion in a very raw form. And I think... Um, to introduce what we're going to be talking about, um, Nita recently posted a post on, on, on Instagram and it was centered around the concept of glass ceiling. And this is what we wanted to cover today. So 
in the definition, we understood that uh, glass ceiling is basically an intangible barrier within hierarchy that prevents women or minorities from obtaining upper levels of power. So this concept was actually uh, identified, uh, whoever came up with it basically is a lady by the name Marilyn Lauden about 40 years ago who was a management consultant. And now just to be able to, one, the question is, do, do you even believe there is the concept of glass ceiling? if it does exist, and, and then unpack that for, you know, in, in a broader perspective from a cultural, from a leadership, and I think from a business sense, and, and, and see, I mean, what we could be able to come up with uh, that could be helpful for anybody that's listening. But before we start, shout out to the first female East African president uh, of mm. Tanzania, Her Excellency Samia Sulu Hassan. To be honest, Ooh. we have made it. We have made it. I mean, she's the first president. She's the president of Tanzania. But me, I think it's it's personal. I know uh, the U.S. celebrated their first vice uh, first female vice president, and everybody was excited. I think as an African, this is also like a milestone. She is amazing. Yeah, yeah. So, do you think like the glass ceiling? Uh, is there is there a glass ceiling? Yeah, definitely. I think for me, from my own lived experience, I have um, I have encountered it in the in some of the spaces, and it's not all the spaces. Uh, I thank God for the the men that God has allowed me to surround myself with. You know, that being my husband and some of the 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 exemplary men in leadership around me have been mentors and have pushed me to be all that God has called me to be. They've not like held me back. But mm. coming into like a cultural space, for example, in Dubai, for example, where you know, you're given a job based on your on your on Wh your where you're you know, from, your, 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 your gender, origin, yeah. your gender. That was a shock for me. And yeah. I realized that oh yeah, this glass ceiling it's a thing. is it's a, a thing. thing. It's and a it thing. actually exists. Yeah, and I think you've experienced it from the point of view where it's not even in the job. It's even just before you get the job. Yeah. The opportunities that seem like they exist aren't don't actually exist for yeah. everybody to actually pursue. And I wanted to start off by, um, I just asked, before we started the session, I asked Nita a question, and I was like, who would you say are the female, who's the female leader in the past or present that you admire and why? Yeah, I think for me, let's talk about the present, would yeah. be my mom-in-law. She okay. is a strong woman, a godly strong woman. She is. She brought up four children mm -hmm. in the Lord, actually six children. Um, four were her biological and two she adopted. And I just see how that woman has carried herself with grace and with strength. Yeah. And coming to the place where she has she has gone through so much in life, has not given up on God, has gone up the corporate ladder, has has done so much for her family and for herself. That yeah. is a woman who I can celebrate any day, you know, yeah. and if I yeah. can become like half the woman that she is, I have made it in life. So that would be the first one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm even amazed. I think I'm, uh, I got Shiva's listening, reason being, uh, one, because I know your husband and he's, and he's one of the, I, I presume, one of the sons. And I think for in, in, in a society where we be, women are, are taught to believe you can't have it all, um, and hearing that this is possible and, and seeing that there are women who've been able to accomplish that. And even 
what you said before that you've surrounded you've been graced enough to be surrounded by men who've created um platforms and pushed you to go for the things that you think you aspired to do and and gotten to these places is is a plus i think for me uh, i would say my first my my i honestly had never thought about this question until i thought about asking you mm-hmm. this question uh but for me i would say michelle obama and only reason being i know it's cliche someone might say it's cliche but the reason why i say michelle obama is one um i think it's a huge task to be the first lady first lady of anything um first lady of a church first lady of um country mm-hmm. you know it's it's a huge task and just being able to still exude influence and uh, and purpose in her role being uh, the wife to the um former president barack obama i think that for me in all that she was able to accomplish despite you know what you would have assumed she would have needed to take a step back just because she was the wife to the president was was phenomenal but um on to like a, a different perspective what would you feel prevents women from securing uh you know uh, positions of leadership or just being able to take influence in whatever spaces that they are in um mm. what did you think is, what would you say is um one of the key thing or are the key things from your perspective i think just to name a few yeah. um i would say racial bias yeah um gender bias is another one that i can think of yeah um i think we are taught as women to you know um be submissive and and that word carries a <laughs> lot of weight because <laughs> me by the way i get like i me like it's a trigger word for me yeah. by the way i <laughs> yeah you know we're taught to you know be hold back and and you know be be gentle and and true that the, the bible talks about being having a gentle spirit but we are we are always taught to 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 put our, our needs or our wants or our desires at the back burner you know yeah. and not not have any aspirations for life yeah you know so yeah individual aspirations like exactly. most women especially i think most women who are in in, in situations that um they feel like they've taken like a back burner usually feel they do it at the expense of um expense of a marriage expense of children expense of and because i do know of people who say you know um i prefer my husband going to school now and i'll go after i prefer that uh, you know my kids first grow up and then i'll do this after and then and years down the line they haven't done much yeah. but i um uh, other than so what would, what other what what would you say is your other factor other than the racial the out of your experience what have been the key was racial uh and um the gender your key aspect especially yeah. in this region or would you say there are other things that have played a part like um to to not allow you to propel because you know you you'd say men would say they've got other issues as well um and then there there are people who are of other nationalities who pr- claim that there are other issues would you claim that would you suggest that there are also other th- things would you would think have played a part yeah i think for me those were the two most, most like important things for me that played a, a, a role in that kind creating that kind of uh, glass ceiling for me mm. so being a woman of color and coming into a space like this where um you know i hear of people who had their masters coming into this this context yeah. and not being able to find a job and the jobs that they find are not 
con commensurate to the degrees that they've taken right. or the, 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 the things that they've studied. And it's quite unfortunate to hear these things. Yeah. Um, so I think for me, just breaking it down to those two major things. And I, I, the reason I the reason I think I I wanted I was asking is also because I I believe that a lot of the issues that are centered around the limit of the glass ceiling uh, um, theory is that it's instinctively just centered around unconscious bias, mm. and this is basically the instinctive underlying beliefs that about ethnicity, gender, sexuality, social class, religion. You know, I I think. Um, I've been in situations where people assumed, I mean, when you speak English, for example, and somebody says, oh, where did you go to school? <laughs> um, and then I see in Kenya, and then they're like, oh, you should have never gone abroad. I'm like, no. Um, I mean, that makes you realize that the context or the school of thought to which this person is coming from is that, you know, there's no way you'd come from Africa and really mm. have a good education to the point of really being eloquent in, yes. in, in your speaking. Um, and those, are, I think, would be the little uh, nuances that show when you get to interact with people in this region. And also, you know, just being in positions where you get a job and then you realize that you're doing the same job with somebody else but and it's not because they're more you're, you're less qualified than they are you're probably more qualified than they are but just because they assume based on where you're coming from people of that origin don't get paid a certain amount mm -hmm. of money um i think in other countries it's sort of worked out because there are unions there and and uae being a country that is predominantly um expert they don't have unions that protect people from mm. earning a certain amount of salary like like um, in other countries they do. Mm. Yeah. And I think uh, I think just to pick up on what you said, um, where we come from, Kenyans are very hard working. You yeah. Know, they will take any job to just make ends meet, you know. Yeah. And I think there's that aspect of being choosy that yeah. maybe people from other cultures coming to Dubai and say, you know what, I cannot do that kind of a job because it pays this amount and it does this. But a Kenyan will come and say, what's the job? Okay, this hasn't worked out. Yeah. I am going to take this job and yeah. I'm going to work myself so hard. Up, yeah. Yes, up with the, with yeah, with the expectation that if I put in the work then I should be ultimately compensated at least over time to, yes. to grow. Um, I, I think the sad bit is, you know, I've realized that uh, it's unfortunate. And I could be wrong, but I've realized that um, out of the African countries that I meet, when I go to positions and I see a lot of execs, rarely, rarely do I meet like Kenyans who came here and came and pursued, other than those that were hired from outside, mm. who came here and actually pursued the careers they wanted and are now sitting, like a person who was in leadership and had studied uh, HR, comes here and just applies for an HR job. Most people come here and just digress into other things and hence slows down their, I mean, from a you know, profile perspective, it like takes you back. Like um, now people will now check in years down the line and wonder like where, where have you, know wh what have you been doing in the last five years that makes you credible for now an HR job if you took a hospitality yeah. job yeah that is so true yeah and and when I see other nationalities I see Nigerians and I see South Africans those guys come here and they're like me I don't take this kind of job 
I've studied, I have a master's in whatever university that I've gone to. Um, and I think when you come from a society where opportunities also, because I, you, I, I would want to believe that this glass ceiling is not capped just for us, like here in the diaspora, back, back home, like we, we experience it to some degree in, in organizations where gender is still the issue, yes. um, age is still an issue. You'll realize that being given such impositions, they're like, ah, yeah. You're not 30. Yes. Like why do you want to be a manager, surely? Um, why do you want ex salary and you don't have kids and you're mm. not married? Yeah, so do you have thoughts on that? No, I, I definitely <laughs> agree. <laughs> so on a scale of 1 to 10, how important do you feel it is for women to take um, uh, senior leadership positions or be able to break past the glass ceiling? On a scale of 1, one being... One, yeah, 1 being... It's not so important. Ten means it's it's that it's very important. Okay, then I'd say thirty. <laughs> <laughs> Let's triple that number. <laughs> Double, triple. I think I think because women already are managing their homes wherever they come from. It doesn't mm. matter if this woman has a husband or kids. You you'll find it in the you know in her home of origin. Yeah. She's managing the home. She's the one who's. Um, you know, if you have sisters, they're the mm. one, you're the ones who are coming up with a menu or you're the ones who are doing this and that, you know. Yeah. So I think already we are tasked with so much internally yeah. to just take up leadership positions. Yeah. And these leadership positions can actually translate into, you know, managerial positions. It can yeah. translate into, for example, our beloved Tanzanian woman president, congratulations. Yes. Actually taking up positions in government. And yeah. And I dare say, because people, maybe some people here do not agree with this, but even in the church, taking yeah. up leadership positions. Yeah, because I've seen conflict. In fact, because you, you brought the church thing, I've seen conflicting uh, posts online where people debate about the same subject or the Bible said, you know, in previous times um, uh, in the Bible, women were not supposed to be in uh, ministry in terms of leadership. Um do you have perspective on to what that looks like? Me, I don't know how to theologically justify that. Since you're the Bible study teacher I, here. I am not a Bible teacher. <laughs> <laughs> I read the Bible though. Yeah. Um, to be honest with you, I, I don't I don't think I uh, I probably would be the best person in terms of like the theological background oh, yeah. and stuff like that. But I think that when I read the Bible in context, it was to a certain people. Paul, in particular, I think the verse that we're talking about, about is yeah. Paul told the women in that particular church to, you know, ask their husbands at home what was being discussed in church and yeah. not raise their voices. And uh, if I'm, if I'm yeah. right, yeah. yeah. And then there's, there's also, I think it's that context and also the context where, um, I think it's in the Old Testament, uh, where um, I can't even quote it word for word. But the context was uh, the leadership, pastors' positions and those kind of positions were only set up for, yeah. I, for I men. I think we already see a precedent in scripture that, you know, the the deacons um, were male. Yeah. Uh, these people who were teaching were male. But yeah. I think I think context, for me, the way I perceive it is that context context changes. And, and why I say this is because I feel that when we talk about culture, affecting how we view things and yeah. how even how we view scripture yeah. that comes into play because in for example where i come from nairobi y there are so many women leaders in the church, church. and 
if if these women stepped down unfortunately there are not very men who would be uh, willing to take up willing to take up these positions, positions of influence yeah so i think it's also very cultural and i think we've been we've been taught how to take up positions po- like i said earlier, yeah you know? yeah i so, I, mm. i think i agree with you because the reason i was i mean i was trying to actually get that context is because um there's there's a there's a huge assumption it's a, it's a huge assumption that men are just naturally born leaders and and ma- women are just born to be working moms and you know what that means is if you say suramat it's not about the context of women just getting jobs it's just that the thought that women just do enough work just to get enough income to seem like they have a balanced life you know it's not about trying to penetrate the glass ceiling yeah. and say okay we what what i'm trying to do as an individual is try to aim for the best mm-hmm. and be the best um i think when you go through the the way the culture is uh, the society is set up i think it it it's this whole concept of glass ceiling is so cultural that to be able to have a very impactful change it takes individuals owning that there's an actual uh cultural I- issue so individuals have to play a part in terms of creating a culture that is um respects everybody and acknowledges everybody for the competence that they bring and you can't just afford to be there and observe as a person who says okay i know there are issues but you know it's not really my problem because ignoring it is just the same way as not being um taking a conscious part into participating and it's not about going to the streets to riot it's just if you sit in a position in a corporate space or you are in um, organizations where they seek people to lead if you know that there's already a bias you will always consciously take initiative to say okay um i know we are only looking at men is it that there were no qualified women because the reality is um you know there's the whole feminism movement that started was predominantly talking about let's try and you know create space for women now it's it's really it's diverse i don't even else, i don't yeah. even know what they're talking about <laughs> anymore but i think that concept for me being able to break the barrier of glass ceiling was on the context of for women who um breaking the uh, glass ceiling could look different for different women um it could mean um social influence within spaces that women thrive because women are, are ha- lean more with the natural inclination of emotional intelligence the empathy aspect to which in the corporate space maybe those strengths aren't considered as much as very valuable and the problem is the system is the system has been set up even in the corporate space to not be able to beat the glass ceiling on the basis of if i want to be senior and i think we mentioned this with you earlier on is i have to act like a dude mm. be aggressive and you know be you know you know just how would you call it like position myself to behave the way men act in the corporate space to mm. be able to uh, get up the corporate ladder and unfortunately while we're talking about solutions or ways to be able to break that glass ceiling is when these women fight this hard this system this hard to get there when they get there they're like eh me I fought for years to get here you know unfortunately and then those women don't consciously like take initiative to say okay i've gotten a seat at the table how do i get other women to get these seats at this table 
without having to go through what I went through, yeah. you know. And I that is where I would I would I would say you know as much as it's there's the gender issue, but the I think even we as women, for example, or even uh, whatever whatever the gap unconscious bias that is limiting is those who manage to go past it because we've got a small percentage that does what do they do with it to prove mm. and create room for those who are really trying to 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 get ahead yeah i think it's important to note that once that woman gets there um she needs to understand that it's get out of the mentality of um it's a competition yeah and just because you got there by, you know, you fought your way through, that yeah. doesn't mean that every other woman who's coming after you has to go through the same kind of hardness that you have. Mm. Um, and just being able to say that this woman who's coming here is not a threat. That yeah. we are all gifted differently. We all have different strengths and different yeah. weaknesses. And what you have to bring to the table is completely different. It's complementarian. Yes, yes. I will compliment you. Yeah. You know, it's not necessarily that I come and you will take my job. And I think yeah. that's a fear with many of these women is that, yeah. you know, you'll come up the ladder. I will make room for you on the table and you will take my job. job. And maybe that's how it is out yeah. there. Maybe it's that cutthroat, you know, in, yeah. in different organizations. Um, but I think we need to rework that model in our minds and say that, you know, we can actually change the system. Yeah. It's not easy, like we said earlier. It's it's rooted in, like you said, in unconscious bias. bias. Yeah. yeah. And it's so even us as women, we need to understand that we can actually be sexist. Yep. And we can actually have those racial, sexist, and all these other things, biases, biases as even well. without realizing it. Yeah. The, the truth is, if we actually switch I mean, in, in the same context normally people say from my hr point of view uh, predominantly the field is majority of it is women mm. i mean i think now things are changing i know so many people who are in human resource and talent acquisition that are men but you can imagine even with that high population of women sitting in those positions they're still not managed to <laughs> you know change the demographics and oh, I, I don't want to purely just base it on, on, on saying, okay, they just need to put in women. It's, I think my concept is, I don't think we'll ever have like all fields having 50-50. Reason being, women even don't, you know, aim for... They don't the necessarily early, want those roles. Roles maybe. either, yeah. yeah. But then the, the thing is, being able to understand that the, the way the culture is set up, there are women who want, who want both lives. So... For instance, I know if I want to have a corporate life and um, I still want a family, the reality is the corporate life, life system is not set up for me because if I have to do a nine-to-five, one, I'll never get that leadership position because that's bare minimum because that's what everybody else is doing. So one, it's, I have to ex have exceptional performance to be able... And now exceptional performance means I need to be doing exceptional tasks that can help me show my exceptional performance, which if you look at it in, 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 from a broader perspective, there's, there's a lot you have to put in if I need to play fair game with men in that space. Because again, the men are coming, you know, I think I am of the school of thought that um, this whole concept, like just, it's, it's, it's a merging of personal and corporate life. Like you can't, be corporate and then go home and say you have an isolated family life without it fully integrating if you really want to grow up the corporate ladder. So like in the case where you mentioned you've got 
you know, family, sub, I mean, support system at home. And that cultural aspect is because the men we are talking about have wives who go to work and those men report <laughs> to women at home. So it's not that they don't know the issue. Um, it's just that, one, if I think if people, the idea of acknowledging that is an issue forces you to then be in a position to come up with a solution and many people don't like being in such a situation. You'd rather act like, ah, I don't fully understand it. Because yeah. if you don't fully understand it, nobody expects that you have a solution to you know, breaking past the, 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 the glass ceiling. And now all that just gelling into a cultural aspect. Um, how does that look like? Now, if, if we wanted to say, how do we break past? What would we say then? would be the solution, having known that, okay, the system is just set in, the way the system is set up mm. is not set up to allow women to break past the glass ceiling. What are practical like approaches that we can say now? Okay, what can we do to make it different? It won't happen overnight, mm. but what are those little things that we can be able to do? Mm. I, I really like the idea of um, that you, you were talking about that this is how the system is. This is how it's, it's always been. And I think people who profit the most from this, this kind of systems are not willing to step back and say there is a problem. You know, the status quo, this is the status quo. quo. And I am actually benefiting from yeah. this. I am benefiting because I am getting higher pay than the woman, my counterpart, you yeah. know, my colleagues who are actually putting in the same work as I am. Yeah. You know, I am... I'm getting better house allowance or whatever, you know. But yeah. because I am getting, it's not my, it's not my problem. Yeah. It's their problem. Yeah. And so I think stepping out of ourselves and saying, actually, if, if, I, if she doesn't profit, I don't profit. profit. You yeah. know? And I think going back to talking about my mom-in-law and the sons that she brought up, my, yeah. for example, my husband, that he, he was not threatened. He's not threatened by my excellence or by you know, what I'm putting out there. In fact, for he celebrates me because he knows that if I win, we win as a family. Yeah. yeah, It's not us versus them. It's yeah. if I am working for this organization and the women are thriving and the men are thriving, the whole organization works. Is thriving, yeah. So I think it comes back to a place where what kind of cultures are we, are we willing to see thriving in, in our organizations and yeah. if they are not cultures that are serving us can we begin to dismantle those yeah. those systems and structures yeah and I think the the the, the biggest the biggest um, um, the, I think we discussed an, a different concept earlier with regards to solutions and we said okay if you know most people would say if you, if why if you don't like the way a system is you know go set up your own company and come up with your system. Um, what what would you say are uh, what what are your thoughts on women? You know, creating you know, spaces of their own because you know that's an alternative route to take. Mm -hmm. But what would you say your thoughts are on on that? Actually, on one on the post that you mentioned earlier that I did, I write: build your own tables. If you are not invited to sit at tables, mm. be courageous enough to create your own and make yeah. space for others on those tables. And I know it sounds very idealistic. Like people yeah. would be like, yeah, yeah. What do you even know what, what we're going through right now? Yeah. You know, but I think being able to say because this is not just something that I I wrote down. It is actually my own lived experience that we're coming to Dubai and not finding the 
kind of job that you know I wanted or like you said earlier you you see people in for example came to Dubai and they are really gifted in film ending up doing jobs as you know as a yeah. nanny or something random you know yeah. there's nothing wrong with the job of nanny but that is not what you went to study you and know neither are they passionate about uh, it either exactly so they yeah. end up just miserable and at the end of the day just working to make ends meet mm. you know and so for me coming to a culture where um, this was a problem and being valedictorian of my class like i told you earlier i i, I worked hard to get here it's not i'm not lazy so yeah. that, that remove those all those other things you know like let's <laughs> remove them maybe you are yes, not maybe. or maybe no. sometimes <laughs> you could yeah. yeah you know and so i think for me i got to a place where i'm saying it's been many years in dubai i have a family that loves me and supports me and the system does not love me and support me what can <laughs> i do <laughs> ouch yeah a very painful thing to think but you know what what can we do as women and i said i am going to be that i'm going to bridge bridge that gap and i'm going to be a solution uh, um what a, a problem solver and say yeah. that you know this hasn't worked for me and and my story unfortunately is not unique yeah there are very many women who've oh, come here and yeah. i know women who have been in, in hr and they've been excellent at their jobs and they come here um because their husbands have gotten jobs and they're just not able to get that yeah. job that they yeah. want you know yeah. so for me it was i can actually create space for these people yeah. i can actually um you know cheerlead and um support yeah. empower pioneer like yeah. you know and go the the road less traveled yeah and i think for me that's what creating space is in my industry yeah yeah, yeah. i i think you're right um i i did a, um i spoke at a conference uh, sometime last year um a cybersecurity conference and the, the conference was predominantly it's it, it was a women based conference so we were trying to talk about you know um what gaps exist in the field and in terms of being able to you know match up pay gaps and all that kind of stuff and i said in this in, in a when you find a system that doesn't necessarily is not fully working for you they say you don't have skill you make sure you build the skill so that at, it gets to a point where there's no longer anything to say that you don't have that until until we get to positions where if one two three people make it there like right now if you look at numbers I mean as of um about Two years or so ago, we're talking about 11% or is it 13% of women in cybersecurity. And when you talk about those even women in cybersecurity, when you talk about them in leadership, the percentage also drops. But now the numbers have gone high. Why? Because one, um, I think women have now proved the field has changed. A lot of things that seemed so mechanical aren't as mechanical as they thought. And now they've realized the skill set of a woman in those positions still counts. And I think for what I ended up, you know, summarizing in my in my in my presentation was being able to just evolve. Mm. Like as things are changing, find out like how how can I evolve with the system so that I'm a step ahead. Because the when we talk about status quo, those people who are comfortable with the system are still going to wear off. We're going to have a new system, and only those who are willing to like transform with the system are the ones who are going to get ahead. Right now, the system is evolving to be able to support women in the space. If you look at camp right now, UAE just came up with a law of being able to manage a certain percentage of women in an organization. If you're hiring, 
those things are now practical things countries organizations are doing to put in place for women but then that also puts the task on women that what we aren't trying to do is say we want opportunities just because we are female mm-hmm. just the same way we don't say out of black lives matter we're not saying we just want opportunities because we are male but we're saying i want to be able to show up at this opportunity as me mm-hmm. and still be able to deliver as me without having to um one either sound too emotional or be considered too aggressive because mm-hmm. for women there's only a fine line in the corporate space is if you're too down you know meek they say you're too soft if you're too loud they say you're too aggressive but men can play however yeah. and stick and however yeah. so being able to allow women to just show up yeah. even as we create those opportunities and then also those um women who are now setting out and and you know the the good thing is you're a practical example is while setting um up a platform that allows women to thrive is those women really take this as something very conscious to be able to step out there and be practical in applying it in whatever that may look like because i think when we change people's mindsets um that's when we get a cultural change um i do believe there are certain things that are good but are not good for the society and that's why we, we have certain things that aren't working for the system and have got us to this place i mean men i mean the reason why we have low income homes is because what we have one man who's always been working for example or men who felt like they need to go extra hard and be absent while you could both try and put in yeah. extra effort and ha- both have like i think it's all about balance uh but then just to also just go back into this topic um a little more can i say something yeah, yeah. um i'm reminded you you pose such an a, a, an interesting thought about women can't prog- you, if you're either too soft or too aggressive you're labeled yeah. in the organization and i remembered those are really unhealthy title for a book that women at some point were reading how to think like a man and act like I don't Act know. Act like a lady, think like a man. Hey, may I read that book. <laughs> hey, Steve Harvey, Steve Harvey got us. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think that um again, it's not being able to show up just as you are. You, yeah. know, you have to be a certain way you have to be uh, you know, th- you've been already labeled. You know, you're not yeah. good enough as a woman. And and I think those are some of the unhealthy um ways we view leadership. Those yeah. are some of the unhealthy forms of you know it's actually not even a pep talk it's yeah. not positive thinking it's not it's nothing it's actually quite unhealthy yeah. you know it's what we call um what that concept actually brings is you know previously it's always been diversity and equity now that problem is now what companies are trying to solve by saying inclusion because the question is okay fine i'm a woman you've now brought me here uh how does this system work for me how how do i feel included by being me so i can speak my thoughts the way i i yes. I, i see fit um without having to uh sound chauvinistic so that okay guys are like oh oh she said in hey, today's shows you know and then people are like hey nowadays you're a bit more aggressive you know <laughs> and i'm like Okay when i say it's so soft guys are like are you sure people don't you know take you seriously and then when you're too much so i think the inclusion aspect and i think this is very important because i would never want to be in a space where i'm just a number mm. and a st- statistic 
and don't really feel like there's any value that I really add. And a lot of, I mean, there are people. I mean, there are organizations that one are taking this seriously by you know from a social impact point of view, and there are organizations that are taking this from a uh, PR point of view. So yeah. they sell the message, but from a practical application point of view, that doesn't happen. And I do know of organizations that have created, you know, systems that, you know, fast track programs for minorities. And mm. this could be women, you know, uh, in different countries, these minorities are considered as different things. Um, it could be nationalities, it could be... And, and those things are, are the ones that... Inclusion is the, the key aspect to diversity and equity. And diversity and equity is not only centered on gender. Just for those who are listening, we're not trying to make this just only yes. about women, but um, only because in the context of which we're having this conversation, we just have, this is what makes sense to both of us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, I mean, I think we've covered this. What would you feel would, be, would help women secure senior leadership roles? Like, is there anything that we, you think you haven't added, like maybe to reiterate? Or what are yeah. you doing? Yeah. Or for you, what are you doing? What are the key things like you've included in Binti that are helping women to go out there and pass, be, be bold enough to pursue influence in mm. whatever spaces they are in? Um, what would you say? If, there, if there's something already or if there are things that you have in mind or what are just your personal views that you think... Um, because it's not necessarily only corporate. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think I already mentioned a bit about this, like just being a cheerleader yeah. for these women. Yeah. And for, for me, uh, creating educative spaces on Instagram and yeah. telling women, actually, yeah. your aspirations mm. are valid. Yeah. You know, yeah. you, you don't have to put your needs or your wants. And uh, this does not sound Christian at all, but I am trying to say that. <laughs> It's okay Remove to the have Bible thumb. Yeah, it's okay <laughs> to have needs as a woman. It's okay to aspire as a woman. It's okay to say, I want to climb up the, the you know, the corporate ladder. There is absolutely nothing wrong with yeah. that. Yeah. And it's okay to say, I want to provide for my family. And what I have done at Binti is create spaces for these women where they can learn what yeah. it takes to be that kind of leader of influence, mm. take up those positions mm. of, of, you know, of influence in the organizations. Yeah. So I think for me, one of, one of them is education. Yeah, yeah. I think the education is the awareness and the, the right tools to yeah. be able to just go and apply and yourself. Changing your mindset, Ooh. you know, changing that, you know, changing from, oh, I can never achieve this to actually God has given you yeah, everything the, yeah. for you to achieve what it takes what he's put in your hands to do. He's yes. actually put it in your hands yes. to do. Yes, yes. Uh, a friend of mine this week sent me a scripture that said something you just said, that God has given us everything we require. For life and godliness. Yeah. I, yeah. Word. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. I think, I believe God wants, wants women in those leadership position spaces. Yeah. I believe that, because change will not happen just by one person's voice. It, it is... It's a critical mass. Yeah. It's us saying, as women, you know, you know, we've been labeled and told that um, it's, like you said earlier, emotional intelligence. We lean towards emotional Emotions, intelligence yeah. and empathy. And we need these things in, in yeah. organizations. We yeah. need people to, 
to focus organizations on people as yeah. opposed to just products and, and and you know the tasks at hand we need people to be to care for people oh, yeah you i know. mean and every business right now i mean who are your product who who are your consumers people yeah. and at the end of the day i think at the backbone i mean it, it, it's it's a key component um man first of all the reason when you're speaking i just remembered it's the key thing the reason why i started truth republic actually is because um i'm very passionate about challenging status quo um and, and not just because i just want to be a rebel but it's because i do know that as things change um their their mentalities their mindsets that are holding people back and not just not just on this specific topic on very many other things that people can be able to if we can break through from those mindsets we can be able to accomplish more um we limit i think our mindsets i was listening to a someone that says we limit our mindsets limit what god is capable of doing through yeah. and around us just by the way we think i mean god is capable of doing a lot of things but just because our mindsets believe he can't do uh the faith aspect to which god is supposed to apply himself in our lives just doesn't you know come into fruition But then um hence the reason why on Truth Republic I keep saying I I'm keen to raise the standard by being the standard. So out of the things the awareness, education and and just being able to transform my mind and those of people around me if I learn and I educate and empower you then if two of us can go and multiply this we are, we are going to have a transformative society over time. You know, it's it's the little the least the least way you can you can leave a legacy without you know legacy l- seeming centered around money mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. yeah is there something else you'd wanted to uh chip in on that no. <laughs> <laughs> so um what do you th- okay because i think we maybe covered this a little bit what do you feel are the challenges and i think we've said this uh what are the challenges that are faced by women in leadership positions I think I think we've talked a about bit about, about it. it. Um yeah. of course there's the we've talked about the um not being able to show up as yourself. As yourself yeah. being authentic. Um we talked about uh, the gender bias, we talked yeah. about racial bias, we talked about unconscious um and un- unconscious unconscious bias unconscious bias. Yeah. The concept of actually microaggressions and then you know you know there's the nuances that you experience you know you could be there um but then in meetings people never allow you to speak um there is the concept of i actually came across a, re- a really interesting concept i really didn't even know that this phenomenal exists it's a phenomenal known as the polar principle which apparently is the opposite of peter principle so the polar principle refers to women who are more often than not working below their level of competence wow imagine so wow. like Yeah so th- it, the concept was created by a guy called Tom Shula and basically it's centered around like Peter principle is men you know fully working at the level of their competence and then Paula is now women who are more often than not working below their level of competence so it's not the aspect is you don't have you have a job but not at the level of which you're competent to work within an organization mm. one it could be your skill they don't fully acknowledge your all your skill sets 
And, you know, it's the same thing you mentioned earlier when you're trying to apply for certain jobs. You realize you apply for what you think you're qualified for, and then you realize you're not getting, so you drop a bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, hey, yeah. maybe I'm being too ambitious. <laughs> and then you finally get the job, and then you realize the guy you're reporting to now, they're like, man, yeah. I should be this guy. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what this guy is, you know. <laughs> yeah, so I think it's the, there's, there's, there's a whole... Um, effect, but all this, you know, also boils down to what the the cultural pressure that this puts on individuals, whatever, whether I mean, from the context of if you're a woman or whatever microaggression or whatever unconscious biases you're facing, it has the impact of um, mental health uh, on individuals because one, this I do know of women who've relocated here on the basis of their husbands, they are first year. Man, they talk of, first of all, it's like they lose themselves because they came here as working professionals, left amazing jobs, senior jobs, and then they come here and they're like, hiya. You know, nobody... It's no, rough. Yeah, nobody is seeing all of this. Mm. And now I'm at the... First of all, they, they don't know what it is to not know what to do. Yeah, um, and, and And I think it's, in one way, the benefit is it... Sh- pushes you to finding yourself, like, <laughs> like, <me. laughs> like what happened to you. But then, I mean, the process of, you know, just unpacking that is yeah. like a lot. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I have like a million things to say on that, but please, <laughs> please go on. <laughs> I'd want to hear that, actually. Yeah, I mean, w- I mean, from, okay, from, a, from the past, from, from the pa- context that I just yeah. mentioned, what, what, what was your experience, honestly? Coming to Dubai, like I said earlier, my husband is the one who got the job here. So yeah. I was coming. I don't know what they call the, the wives who come over. I they call them trailing wives or something. <laughs> such a terrible name, by the way. Stop using it. <laughs> but um, so I come over and I was work as a high capacity um, person in Nairobi working and, you know, and doing independently working and, and being my best version of myself. Oh. And you come here and you land and you know, you're excited for like four months, you know, Dubai has a way of just, you know, lulling you into a state of the malls, there's this, there's yeah. this. And so yeah. when you get past that and you realize that yeah. what you are doing back home is not what you're doing here. And actually you have to start from scratch. You have to prove yourself from scratch. You mm. have to tell people, oh yeah, this is who I was. You know, there's that whole aspect of identity being mm. lost. You know, there's Preach. that whole aspect of, <laughs> you know, so just even when you talked about mental health, it did affect my mental health. You yeah. know, it made me get to a place where I started asking myself, what is the question of purpose? What is What, what did God, God call me to, to do? do? You know, I believe yeah. that um, marriage does not stop the work of God in an indi- individual's life. Preach. And, and unfortunately, we have come to believe and I don't know, I don't see, like, I, I, <laughs> let me, let me just rephrase this for our <laughs> listeners who, <laughs> people don't panic, people don't, don't panic. <laughs> I, I love the Lord, you know, <laughs> but um, God calls two people into marriage to accomplish tasks that he, 
together that you could not do alone. And I think the aspect of support, the aspect of loving someone and cheering someone and being someone's support is, is so key for the two of you. You know, mm. that means that my husband supports me mm. and I support him. Mm. We, we support each other. You know, mm. we are... We, you yeah. know, if you could see my hands right yeah. now, the go find the video. She's podcast. Yeah, <laughs> the support. <laughs> I'm supporting. <laughs> you know, so I think at the end of the day, it just really messed with my with my identity. It messed with my, you know, my abilities. You know, mm. being thinking that oh yeah, I've come from a place where I was doing so much to a place where it's it's now at zero, and yeah. who am I even? And then I know no. it, it takes a toll because you, the way, how you identified yourself as a this graduate, you know, yes. valedictorian, yeah. I was, you know, I mean, you knew yourself based on a lot of things you knew you had accomplished, yeah. which you knew uh, give you a sense of purpose and self-worth. Yeah. And then the people who are like, what are those? <laughs> you hey, people ask, you're, you are valet what? Valet. <laughs> And it was really tough. It was really, really rough. Hey, you know. You said which university? <laughs> <laughs> Degree yeah. in what? Yeah. Uh, you're what competent. Is what is that? <laughs> <laughs> I know, man. It's yeah. sad. You know. You know why I'm laughing. I know. I mean, honestly, um, the self-identity part, whether married or single. I don't know about the rest of the people. Me, I had a major, like, major shift in self-identity. I came here, you know, I'd, I was working for a multinational. Uh, I was in IT, you know, I'd done, you know, I, I mean, I, I, I thought, like, this, most people who come here, it's because they're not competent. That's why they take <laughs> these hotel jobs. <laughs> you get what I mean? As in, these guys, no, it's their fault. Like, if... What I have, they don't have. Mm. Terrible assumption. Mm. I came here. The guy even asked me. Like, biggest mistake was, I, I, I'm lucky. How I ended up my first job was, first of all, I didn't think I'd earn what I'm earning. Mm. But then that thing humbled me. Like, it humbled me. I earned way less. For those who always assumed for my Instagram that I was doing well. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is the juice right here. Um, I wasn't, for my first year, honestly, I was working. I had a nice title. The money didn't look anything wow. like my title. Yeah. Like, I was, I don't think I saved any money mm. in my first year. First of all, I had exhausted all my savings in Kenya. I was paying, like, hey, you know, hand to mouth. How are you at an executive, hand oh. to mouth? Uko, you're busy, LinkedIn, what, you know, you're representing your company in places. But then... Um, what that made me do is identify myself as who I am without all of mm. the external factors. That is a plus, but that process is painful. Yeah, yeah. Like, that process was not like, you know. Mm. But I would say um, over time, one, my to, to go back to the topic that uh, I do know the impact of my experience now on, on mental health would be centered around, you know, the corporate space. I've managed to work for over the years. My first job was the hardest. And then the other jobs, I just, me, I was blessed. I just say it's the grace of God. I never ended up having to, like, I've not applied for jobs per se for my next, for my other jobs. I, I was lucky enough to get headhunted. And I think where we were trying to find out, you know, what are the solutions to get past the glass ceiling 
um, networking has really helped me. You know, being in um, the corporate space, meeting people who, one, I am, I'm in a space where I have an opportunity to prove my competence by doing what I do. So I've done, that has like given me, I think in the last, in my current company, within the first two years, I got like three promotions. People actually don't get, uh, which was, I mean, me, I was humbled. But I think it's because um, for me, I, I'm, I'm of the school of thought. If you give me anything, even when I joined, I knew I'm not supposed to be joining an entry-level role. But I was like, I wanted to work for a multinational, I'll take it. I'll get in there and do what I'm capable of doing. I put in the work. I made sure that I made noise. I'm very vocal about my what I want. And I think that's a very important lesson for breaking past the, uh, uh, breaking the glass ceiling is when you don't say what you aspire for, people assume you don't aspire at all. Yeah, that's really important. Yeah, so it's very important to keep saying, you know, hey, you know, just in case you, you, you're not aware, you know, mm. I know this is what I'm currently doing. I'm very passionate about mm. X, Y, Z. I want to do X tasks that can prepare me for X role so that your manager or those people in, in positions mm. that are able to push you ahead can be able to, you know, um, push you there and speak for you because what you want, what is very important to break past the ceiling is have people who speak for you on that table, men or women. Mm. So if people don't know, nobody ever mentions your name. So if people like, for me, I've been lucky is um, our CEO is my mentor. Mm. And it's because the reason, honestly, I met him at the airport. I just approached him r randomly. Importance of an elevator pitch. I just told him, hey, I work for your company. He was so surprised. He's never met me. And he told him, yeah, this is what I do. This is what I, that's the only time I managed to have an opportunity to give me my background. And since then, we connected. I know many people never have this opportunity, but remember when we, I, we talked last time and I told you audacity is like very mm. important. In this space, peop, people are so busy to assume what you desire and aspire. Mm. So you have to have the audacity to keep telling people, showing up on people's faces, saying this is what I want, this is what I want to do. So when people see you, they're like, I see a leader because you constantly tell them that I am a leader. I yeah. want to be a leader. Because what they assume is they visualize you based on the way they see themselves. So if you expect women who are, you know, are comfortable taking a seat back, like, you know, most women want it. Most people just want an enough decent pay just to get by. Um, and that's why even the agenda of uh, feminism can't really be solved, like, generically. It has to just go into isolating women and what they want. Because not all women want the same thing. I do yeah. believe there are very many women who want to play, play the traditional role. But I, I, I would say, honestly, the, the impact for, uh, on mental health in, 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 in corporate, for me, has now not been in terms of getting the jobs. It's um, being able to just work with different people who um, their unconscious biases make them act or treat you in a certain way without knowing and acknowledging. But over time, it really messes with your brain. I keep saying it messes with your kiongos, but <laughs> <laughs> like it messes up with your psychology because you now have a lot of sort of self-doubt. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and it, you second guess yourself a lot um, because you believe you're one thing, but there's always someone who throws in something there just to, and as much as you want to believe they don't matter, does. After some time, honestly, it does. 
Yeah, so it's been it's 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 a very it's a very sensitive. I mean, from a mental health point of view, society-wise, is the reason why many women step out of career because of that mental uh, and physical pressure that it puts on them. Um, and people will say, "Oh, they just step back because of you know family." What people don't necessarily want to address is the sort of frustrations that mm. they have to endure being in that space that men are able to take up and just because the culture of a company is set up in a certain way. Yeah. 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 I really liked that point. Um, you talked about um, approaching, yeah, audacity, yeah. approaching your, your CEO and actually, you know, elevate your pitch. And, yeah. you know, it was amazing. And yeah. that's one of the things that I have come to learn about breaking the ceilings is take opportunities to show what you can offer. Yeah, you know? yeah. And I write that the reason you're in that position is because you have something valuable that you bring to the table. Yeah. And I liked what you said. It was so powerful that they will never know until you say something about it. Yeah, you know? yeah. They will think that, oh, you're just okay with, you know, doing the bare minimum or, you know, but yeah. if you have aspirations, go ahead and say them. And I think for me, uh, personally, I've seen that at play this year, that I have been consistent with what God has given me. And I yeah. have said that I will make those courageous moves. Mm. You talked about audacity. And I will have the audacity to ring that person up and tell them, this is actually what I'm doing, you know, to take to take up space mm -hmm. where my mind or that part of me that has been told I can't, mm. you know, I'm challenging that and I'm saying that I can, yeah. actually, because yeah. God has called me to can. Yeah. I can say it like that, you know, <laughs> he's called me to can. You I'm know? canning now. <laughs> I'm canning. <laughs> You know, and I think for me, I've seen it. I've seen it work out for me. Where I was at a summit just recently, and I reached out to one of the the, the speakers and on Instagram, and I just wrote her and I said I really loved your talk. Yeah. As, as, a, as someone who's doing research as well, yeah. this has been my work. This has been my you know um, my sphere of influence, and this is what I'm doing. And yeah. she actually wrote back. She followed me, which was like a shocker for me. Wow. And she wrote me back and she said, "I'm really interested in reading your work. Where can I get it?" Yeah. And she was like, "Please keep in touch. I love what you're doing. You know." So yeah. that I I became visible to one more person, person. and yeah. that one more person is what you said earlier: networking, being yeah. able to say, um, "I will mingle with these people mm. who." have something to say at the table. And yeah. I will not be afraid because, listen, child of God, I'm speaking to you now, <laughs> believer. <laughs> you believer. Yeah, believer, what God has placed in your heart to do, whatever it looks like, and mm. I'm not talking just to the women, I'm talking to the men as well. What God has placed in your heart to do is, is bigger than yourself. Mm. It is bigger than yourself. And if you think about the gospel, it's not centered around us. It's centered around Jesus Christ. And mm. so I, I want you to start seeing your life in the gospel. Jesus, mm. Jesus being the center and, and us being his voices too. Like he said, the, the commission was take this gospel, take this message and teach them to obey. It's mm. not just only in the church. We are not asked to go and, you know, cause people to obey in the church. It's out, out in the out world. Yeah. It's to that neighbor of yours. It's to that... Um, person at the beach, it's to that person in your organization. Mm. That, that is the mm, key. And mm, if, mm, mm. if women, if we are not taking up these spaces in the marketplace, yeah. then, then who's going to preach the gospel? Yeah. Really? Who's yeah. going to go out? And I know there are men who are doing it, but I'm specifically now talking to the women. Hello. Take up those spaces. Yeah. Take it up. Yeah. I think it's very important that one, um, as we take up uh, opportunities just to, 
you know put the go- importance of a holistic life uh being a believer you know because as i said this is a christian platform and you know a lot of what we believe is centered around uh the gospel of christ and as you just said is making sure that even in those spaces as you go there you let the light of christ shine because with that it it it's able to exude who we, who we are and what we stand for that l- people will be able to realize the influence and the impact of people like us you know um being able to understand that we 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 have people who are watching to see what yeah. what we are about to do and what we are doing in in the spaces that w- that we've been given um in my organization for me i i'll be very honest i i don't i think everybody knows because i am very um a lot of even when i'm uh, acknowledging half of the, my achievements i i honestly i don't want to say that i don't work hard but i do want to agree that there are people who probably work 10 times harder than i do but the grace of god sustains me wherever i am and being able to understand that i'm there because god has a specific purpose for me uh makes me desire the need to show up as my best self hopefully at all times you know but you know of course there are times where you know life knocks you down knocks you down uh, but the goal is to show up in a holistic way showing up as 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 a christian and and being able to let me as the bible show up in those offices and show what that looks like living in, working in an organization the integrity aspect you know the the loyalty aspect the being able to show talent because all those are god given things um and i think that's very key actually in what you just said you look like you wanted to add something no, special special no. <laughs> yeah so um i think um i think most of what um we wanted to cover on today's episode was covered but i wanted to add a specific note quote that i read about that melinda gates posted um, on one of the platforms she said a woman with a voice is by definition a strong woman but the search to find that voice can be remarkably difficult wow. so the reality is i mean it's not, it's easier said than done but it's possible mm. yeah so the challenge is you know uh breaking the glass ceiling is 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 quite possible and i think um what i would want to encourage is one get plugged into binti and maybe nita can give us more details on 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 how to get connected into your community yes um you're most welcome <laughs> um please check me out on instagram you can find me on nita at nita hungu um yeah and go on my link on my bio and you'll find that there's a link there click on that link and there's a button that says join binti and your home home basically. yep yep <laughs> i'll also put the details on my description yeah. box so that you guys can be able if you're on youtube you'll be able to find the details on youtube um and as well um what what would you say are your last words for people before we leave um i think it is support others. I think th- that's that's a thing. Like yeah. Like we talked earlier uh, Ivy we we talked about supporting each other in in women business for example mm. and saying you know it doesn't cost you much no. to put 
up something on your story about somebody a else. local business that you uh, that you admire or you know a wim- women led business that you admire and i think those are some of the ways that those are some of the small ways that we can begin to break these glass ceilings so i think i think like we said earlier it's not it's not a problem of they versus us it's actually starts in me they yeah. what unconscious bias do i have mm-hmm. towards women and mm. what unconscious mm-hmm. bias do i have you know in this in this context and so i think it would it would help for me to say you know how can i support but the women around me and and cheerlead them and hold yeah. space for them and you know and prop them up on my shoulders knowing yes. that i am actually not competing with you yes. there's so much there's that there's so much variety there's, there's so room much for everybody yeah there's room for growth there's room for you know yeah i don't think the 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 the, the nugget from that is nita is nita and ivy is ivy like this the even if Nita and Ivy were doing the same thing there's there's n- Nita Nita is different from Ivy there's never it's it's never i think there's room for everybody and everybody is called to a certain you know a certain just the same way we have many churches right it's not <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like everybody is called like there's you're called to a certain set of people and those people are just you know there's there's it doesn't have to be um an envious journey you know uh we can love on one another and share the spaces and i think the more we push one another and you know uh support one another we we're building a more stronger community where you know we know that we are supported and loved while we do whatever we are doing and while we thrive we're all thriving yeah. um which is key more importantly So guys, thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I put in det- uh, Nita's details on the uh, on the description, her Instagram and her uh, um, community link to join, um which it's been lovely. Thank you so much uh, Nita for yeah. uh joining the session. I I have being the first guest that I'm going to actually air. Um I am quite um, excited that uh, I got to do this with you. Um so for the rest of you guys make sure that you subscribe to uh Truth Republic leave an a comment on Spotify on Apple Podcast or whatever plat- pot- platform you're listening to and also make sure that you also subscribe to the newsletter on my website and if you haven't keep uh look look forward to more content on my website a lot is coming up so Love you guys. Thank you for being uh here. Um it's been 1 hour and 10 minutes and it's been lovely. Thank you so much. Bye bye.